by the fans for the fans covering all four major sports in the district of champions it's the dc crossover podcast with your hosts mike cerrone and ben simpson hello and welcome to episode number 98 of the dc crossover that is mike cerrone i am ben simpson and another episode here as we steadily approach episode 100 we're a couple episodes away from that mike and i have been talking about it a little bit as far as um things we might do for that 100th episode i can tell you that there will be a draft that episode i won't tell you what the draft's gonna be but there will be a draft in that episode and there will be some taste testing so there's a couple different options for some taste testing stuff of for those in the area um there's a, a, a small chain that actually has opened up a couple locations now at this point. Hangry Joe's Hot Chicken. Uh, there's a Fairfax location. There's an Alexandria location. And there's now a Herndon location. Uh, a competitor for Woo Boy. If you're in the area, you've probably heard of Woo Boy. So we may be doing some taste testing, battling between Woo Boy and Hangry Joe's. We got other fast food items that are fairly new. So much to uh, to indulge in for episode 100. So that'll be a couple weeks from now, which actually works out perfectly, Mike, because that Sunday is the Super Bowl. So you get the Super Bowl Sunday, and then the following day you get episode 100 of our show where we're going to be drafting and eating and having a good time. Uh, the fun never ends here on the DC crossover. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Obviously, we saw uh, that Hangry Joe's uh, advertisement. I forgot where we saw that, actually. I think I you saw yeah. yeah, I believe you saw it first, and then you said, yeah, I saw that place. That's going to be pretty cool. Um, and it's obviously right down the street. So, I mean, they're talking about, hey, you know, we're going to compete with Woo Boy, who has been nationally ranked. Right. I mean, why don't we just go right down the street from them? It's on lists. Funny. It's on lists. As, as Woo Boy, which actually I had this weekend. I had that on Saturday. Nice, um, nice. But Woo Boy Chicken in Herndon, if you have never had it, you should. It's a hot chicken place. And it it's is, great. as Mike said, it's on lists of like best hot chicken in not only the state, but like probably in the region, you know, that sort of thing, or even in the country. Some people would probably put it up there. It's very, very good. So we're interested. Mike and I are both intrigued by Hangry Joe. So we'll see if that ends up being part of episode 100. I did want to mention the Contender app, the app that we are on right now. That's Contender with a K. You can download the app um, and. Uh, they are doing a little promotion here. We won't uh, dive too much into it, but just if if you do listen to the show on the app, they are doing a giveaway. 
Everybody can use a uh, bottle opener, bottle opener, keychain, things like that. Always a good thing. Um, so if you download the Contender app, you take a picture of the home screen, you send it to uh, the Contender Sports at gmail.com. That's Contender with a K. Uh, you can you just email that picture or you DM the Contender uh, on Twitter, and uh, they'll send you a free bottle opener. So pretty easy to do. So you just prove that you downloaded the app and uh, email the Contender Sports at uh gmail.com or just the twitter account uh, the contender contender with a k and uh, get a free bottle opener you know why not uh, but as far as our show goes you can catch it on the contender as well as all your podcast platforms big weekend in sports uh, of course as we have now have our super bowl matchup here uh, another round of some good games mike it seems like the NFL, besides the first round where you're always going to get some duds here and there, wild card and that sort of stuff, um, the games have been fantastic, and they continue to be so over the weekend. You had a big comeback in one. We'll, we'll dive into the stats and stuff later, but still, right, right. overall, another solid week of football watching, which means we're going to be missing it here uh, in, in three <laughs> weeks from now. We're going to be missing all the, the fantastic football we've been able to watch, man. Well, the last two weeks, you know, I've heard it on multiple radio shows and different uh, podcasts and everything like that, uh, just in general over the last couple of weeks, uh, starting with last week's games. I mean, it's just unbelievable how this playoff format um, has kind of progressed. And it's was it? I think it's a second year right. uh, of the seven teams, maybe maybe the first. I forgot exactly when they actually started. I think it was last year. Um, and, uh, well, last year, I, I honestly, I don't count last year as a year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> everything was shut down and it's, yeah. yeah, sports are all crazy, but in its infancy, this playoff format has actually taken, you know, the league by storm because yes, obviously you're looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, them making it in, um, and they didn't really put up a huge fight the in Eagles the second half. making it in, you know, that's exactly. Sort of yeah. Yeah, you didn't really see those two teams putting a huge fight up there, especially the Eagles. But the uh, the Steelers, you know, they had a really good first half, but they have a good defense and so on and so forth. You saw these teams kind of limp in a little bit. But, I mean, we've seen these premier teams that have the quarterbacks, which we can get to quarterbacks here in a minute. Yeah. But you're looking at these premier teams that are going out there and putting on shows. I mean, you're seeing the, the, the Bengals take it to the Titans when the Titans were one of the favored teams in the entire AFC. Uh, in Nashville, getting Derrick Henry back, all that kind of story. Then you're seeing the Bengals come back against the Chiefs, which obviously we're going to talk about here in this show. And then you're seeing, obviously, the other, uh, the other side of the story where you're obviously seeing the Rams who, you know, faltered in the, the Super Bowl two years ago. And now all of a sudden, Sean McVay has a new shiny toy in Matt Stafford. Right. Boom. Right. In the Super Bowl. And I know I've said it multiple times uh, to you off air personally and to other people, and you're a Detroit guy, uh, so you obviously know who Matt Stafford is, but I've always said Matt Stafford gets this bad rap because he was on the Lions. No, sure. no, no offense, but no, you are taken, you, you know taken. you know that. And it's just like it's funny to me because you're seeing some of these teams now that have put this whole package together, and they're kind of looking like the NBA in a, in, a, in a sort where the NBA has those four teams in their respective conferences in the West and the East that can win a title. Mm -hmm. The other four teams out of the eight or you know now ten or whatever it is, they don't really have a big shot. Let's put it that way. And that's what you're seeing is you know the top four teams in each conference had a huge shot. Now on, honestly, the 49ers, 
you can really take that for what it's worth. I don't think they should have won uh, uh, their second round game, or excuse me, their uh, divisional game. But, you know, whatever you want to say, that, that's your own decision uh, for how they played that game as well. Um, but it's just funny to me seeing these teams go out there and put on shows left and right. I mean, three-point ball games, uh, you know, uh, uh, comebacks left and right. It's just, it's just kind of crazy. And going into that point, I think it's weird to see now that you had the whole entire controversy with Tom Brady, if he's going to retire or not. Sure. Aaron Rodgers, is he going to go to one of these established teams? Denver, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a rumor. You, you, exactly. You never know. And you're looking at these teams and saying, if Tom Brady's out, okay, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, you know, uh, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes, these guys are the new generation. A lot of the old bucks that were staples in the NFL are gone now. Right. But now, right. I don't think we've replaced all those kind of guys. You know, you're looking at Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady now. Uh, you know, you're seeing a lot of these guys where we had probably 10 to 12, I would say, I would say B plus and above quarterbacks, but now you're seeing like 10 or less because you're seeing all these teams in need of quarterbacks now. And the good thing about the WFT now, who are going to be named here in the next couple of days as we record this on a Monday, we can start calling them something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was kind of tired of saying WFT, but you're seeing some of these teams now, like the Saints, who are in salary cap hell. They need a quarterback. You see the Tampa Bay Bucks. If, if Tom Brady doesn't come back, they need a quarterback now. Sure. I mean, the whole entire NFC South needs quarterbacks. So you're just seeing it as – I saw uh, something the other day in uh, the Instagram uh, post. I forgot what, what uh, handle it was that said the best quarterbacks to come out of the last five drafts. And when you're seeing Gardner Minshew as one of the top three in his draft, Dwayne Haskins was in the top five. He's on a practice squad in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, there's just not a plethora of quarterbacks that are coming out nowadays that are replacing these old veterans that have been a staple for a decade. So it's it's kind of crazy just to see all these new teams kind of get chances to go into the Super Bowl, like the Bengals, for instance, um, who haven't been really relevant for the last, I would say, eight or nine years since uh, they had their whole entire rivalry with Pittsburgh and Vontez Perfect hitting Antonio Brown and all those kind of games. Uh, so it's kind of crazy to see all the new guys uh, be fluctuated in here into the NFL. Uh, and that's why I think we saw a lot of great games this year. Yeah, and it's nice. It's good for the league. It's good for the league for new fan bases to get the opportunity to make deep runs in the playoffs. I mean, I saw tons of videos of Bengals fans celebrating and things like that. They've been waiting for right, this. Right. Uh, they're a good fan base that's dealt with terrible, terrible years and that sort of thing. I mean, heck, this team was picking right around Washington football team's pick, what, two years ago, something like that? Um, yeah. So, and now they got, look at. They got the number one overall with Burrow yeah. and the number five overall with Chase. Yeah, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So yeah, it right. just shows if you have a. a Real solid gunslinger quarterback that can get the job done, and you surround him with some other good pieces. You can make a run at this thing. Um, so, congrats to the Bengals. Congrats to the Rams. It should make for a good Super Bowl. I'm actually interested in this one. I, I'm I'm rooting for Matthew Stafford and the Rams, but I'm not going to be like upset if the Bengals win because I think that's a cool story for the NFL. A yeah. guy that's only been in the league for a cup of coffee, winning his first title for a franchise that's been bad for a while now. So, um, so that that will be a lot of fun to watch. We'll definitely get into that, um, you know, as as the Super Bowl approaches. Uh, before we move to the rewind, just real quick, I did want to. Well, you know what? We'll, we'll save that for another time. Let's go ahead and move into the rewind. We got a lot to talk about today. 
The Rewind, in case you're brand new to the show, is when we spend a little bit of time recapping what happened in the previous week in D.C. sports, in case you may have missed it. Uh, of course, Washington football team, no news there. Name announcement coming this week. There, the only slight news was, uh, I guess, uh, people, Twitter went ablaze where Joe Theismann might have given up the name Commanders on national radio today. But oh, I didn't hear that. People have been kind of refuting it and saying, uh, you know, he's been walking it back. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just hearing. This is just what I'm seeing on Twitter. Um, so could be Commanders. Uh, in a couple days, we'll all find out. So who knows? Uh, but let's talk a little Washington Caps, Mike, because they've been on a little bit of a skid here lately. It hasn't been great, and this was another week where things, uh, especially the first couple games of the week, were not that uh, good for the Caps. No doubt about it. They've been on a skid as of late, but they did beat Dallas on Friday, which I'll get to here sure. in a minute. But on Monday, they lost to Vegas one nothing, which is one of those weird Caps games that you see rarely nowadays where they have been shut out, obviously, and Vegas doesn't score that many goals as well, which both teams are two of the top, I would say, eight or nine teams in the entire NHL. Uh, but that's Vegas' first shutout of the season, seventh loss in the 10 games for the Caps, first time being shut out this season, and the Caps were 0 for 5 on the power play, so that wasn't a good omen all in all. But then on Wednesday, they lost to San Jose 4-1. to Now, that wasn't a good loss at all because San Jose – I mean, they've been good at times. They've shown some promise, and they don't show any promise. It's kind of crazy with San Jose. You don't really uh, see much from them anymore. But the Caps, once again, 0 for 4 on the power play. So that was 0 for 9 between those two losses. First back-to-back -back losses in regulation this season. That was eighth loss in the last 11 games at that time. Daniel Sprong scored the only goal, but the Caps, I mean, the game was already done by that point. Friday, though. You know, everyone was saying, oh, man, this is kind of this is kind of going a little haywire here. Right. And Dallas was actually favored in this game. Uh, I think the money line was like minus 135 for Dallas. So not a huge favorite. Uh, but at the same time, they still uh, were favored. And the Caps were one of the few underdogs that they've had all year. But they beat Dallas down 5 nothing. Uh, you know, through two periods, basically. No, no goals scored in the third. They beat former teammate Braden Holpe, who has been semi-rumored in the rumor mill a little bit, possibly to maybe reacquire him at some point. Huh. Uh, but we'll see if that's really true or not. Uh, but Vitek Vanacek, 30 saves, second shutout of the season. And uh, Nick Backstrom with a goal and two assists. So he got tallied three points as well. But Vitek Vanacek, we'll get to him here in a minute. He's been pretty hot as of late, uh, and he looks like he's kind of trying to take over that number one spot with Ilya Samsonov, but we'll get to that here soon. And moving on to the disarray that is the Washington <laughs> Wizards. Yeah, no kidding. Only a couple games for the Wiz this week. They played Tuesday and Saturday. Uh, Tuesday was one of the worst Wizards games I can remember in a long time. <laughs> Uh, right. Lost the Clippers, 116-115. If you just looked at the final score, you go, they lost by one, no big deal. But there's a bigger story, and I watched this entire game. The Clippers overcame a 35-point deficit, which was the second biggest comeback in the NBA since 1996-97. I was four years old uh, when that happened. And so they overcame a 35-point deficit, including... My boy Luke Kennard scoring seven points in nine seconds, Reggie Miller style. 
putting yeah. up numbers there and the Clippers beating the Wizards. We're going to talk some Wizards here in a little bit. I have a lot to say there. And then Saturday, the tough road schedule has begun as now they play the Grizzlies amongst a lot of other really good teams. So they get blown out by Memphis, 115-95. John Morant, great game, 34 points. Daniel Gafford was, quote-unquote, benched in this one. Um, and I'll talk more about that in the Wizards section. Kyle Kuzma, 30 points, 8 rebounds. He continues to be our best player for sure. Fifth straight loss for the Wiz, 23-26. and 26. Now they fall to 11th in the Eastern Conference. Remember the days when they were top two team in the East, and now they're 11th. It's been ugly. And then uh, just the last little note here at the Washington Nationals, uh, Nationals Ballpark, Bet MGM Sportsbook, and Nats Park open today. Full service food and beverages. They got the kiosks, the betting kiosks. You can also go bet at the window, uh, a bunch of TVs, all that stuff. Well, from what I read, you can't bet. If you're it at the game, you don't go to the Bet MGM to go bet. Um, when you're at the game itself, you do it on your phone. Um, but if you're not in the physical ballpark, you can go, you know, the next door and go to the Bet MGM Sportsbook and and bet there and watch games and that sort of thing. Is it so. is it outside of? Because I saw it near. It's like the parking garage area. Yeah, it's like I, it's technically I, not in the ballpark. I think it's connected. It's like next to the ballpark. Got it. Um, got it. Got it. So, but that's big news. I mean, for I think for the ballpark area, I think because Nats Park. I'd say we've talked about it. I mean, the one thing about Nats Park, I'd say if you were to knock it, is there, it's it's improved, but typically there's not really a whole lot to do right there by the ballpark. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to build up that area. I know there's some restaurants and things like that nearby now. In the past, it was like there was nothing because it was southeast D.C. and it was, you know, just neighborhoods. But um, they're trying to build up that area by the ballpark a bit. This will help. Now this gives some, some more life into that area around Nats Park where – some people who may not necessarily be going to the game, you go to Bet GM Sport, MGM Sportsbook, you you drink your drinks, you eat your food, you bet on the games and that sort of thing. I, I think it could be good for for uh, for that area, Mike. I I would actually like to see the inside of this place because, right. again, I saw some pictures online that weren't really the inside. They were just kind of like say, hey, it's open. You right. know, I think that's the the Nats. Uh, I saw a picture of like a out. small room. It was like, all right, this isn't really yeah. Teasing yeah. Me, you know? uh, that, well, that that's the thing is that's why I was asking because I was like, I I see the the big silver baseballs that are on the the parking garage, um, and I thought that was like the area that that they were talking about, and it's like a team store or something on on the left parking garage and on the right. It's, it's I don't, I'm not exactly sure because I want to see some more inside picks because again. I'm not expecting it to be, you know, Caesars in Vegas. Sure. Uh, but you know, I don't want it to be like a like a Taco Bell where you right. like when you, you yeah. roll up and then you order your food, then you sit down in like one of the five seats they got. Right. Right. Like it's, right. it's got to have really enough want space. It to be like that. It needs space. It needs TVs. Um, my only concern is, I feel like everything is going to be so expensive there, like drinks and beer, but, oh, yeah. uh, and all that sort of stuff, but maybe it won't be because they know they're going to take all your money with your betting. So, you know, yeah. that could I be mean, I, 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 I would just like something. And that's why I'd also like to see, uh, by capital one, if they have anything, uh, there as well. If it's they do. Better. They it, have, they have the area used to be the that green turtle replaced the green turtle. Yeah. Now that's a betting thing. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I've been down there in a while, but yeah, I just have this itch, man, that I just, I just want to go to a sports book. Cause I remember going to Vegas and I, 
what I used to always do is I, whenever I go to Vegas, I always go and bet on a, on a couple games or whatever. Yeah. And I head to, and I head to the poker room, get my free drinks, sit there, play poker, and watch the game. And that, that's that was that's like heaven for me, honestly. Right. But it's like that. That's the biggest thing is I would like something like that around here, but obviously, you know, National Harbor doesn't have that. I believe. Uh, uh, Charlestown might have that now, if I'm not mistaken. Sure. Um, but at the same time, who wants to go to West Virginia? No, um, <laughs> not, not many people. So, so cool news there. Open up this week. I'm sure there's going to be some kinks that got to work out. So if I were you, uh, the fans of this podcast, give it a few weeks. Give it a few weeks before you head down there. I would say probably let them let them work out the kinks and then uh, head down. And hopefully we get some good reports from folks. And if there is a baseball season, it could be a neat little companion to uh, to that. So, True. Um, that's the only news on the Nats front because the lockout is still going. Uh, let's talk a little hockey. The Washington Capitals. So the Washington Capitals, as Mike talked earlier about, a uh, little bit of a rough stretch for this team. They have now fallen out of those... Uh, you know, three Metro spots. So they're now down in the wild card area. Um, they have a healthy lead in the wild card area because, of course, the, the the team that's right below wild card are my Detroit Red Wings, but they're still like eight points behind or something like that. So it would take a, it would take a, a nice little lift for a team like that to push into one of those spots. But if you're the Caps, you don't want to leave it up to the wild card. You want to, you know, uh, get a higher seed. And right now, it's been a bad stretch. Some goalie troubles and things like that, Mike. But one goalie that has been performing well has been Vitek Vanacek. Um, and so this continuing battle of Vanacek versus Samsonov, I feel like it's never-ending, Mike. And neither guy wants to take over that number one spot. You know, some guy will get hot for a bit, and the other guy will get hot for a bit. And I know that some of that's the nature of hockey, but... Back in the Stanley Cup days, it was this is Braden Holtby's position. Nobody else is taking his spot. So it feels kind of weird to not have a guaranteed number one guy right now. And that's the thing when you're comparing it to, say, football is, you know, who's going to be under center for the next decade? And that's why you're looking at the Cincinnati Bengals having Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Pat Mahomes. Like these type of guys, you know they're going to be there for you on Sunday. Um, and it, it's a little bit different when it comes to like baseball and basketball and stuff like that. But for any, for the NHL and for the NFL, it's always the quarterback and the goaltender. Okay, because the goaltender is out there for 60 minutes. Alex Ovechkin is out there for 22. It's a little bit different when it comes down to who's your star player and who's your goalie because you see goalies go out there, stand on their head, they're spinning around like a top, and that's why you win playoff series. That's why you've seen the Caps year in and year out before they made the cup run go out there and lose to number eight seeds in the Canadians or uh, you know, somehow lose to, uh, to Marc-Andre Fleury or whoever it may be. They go out there and you know, they, they, Simeon Varlamov, I think, uh, screwed us over a couple years. And you just, you just have all these different types of goalies that are out there. And somehow, if they get hot, then that team can go on a nice little run. And that's the thing is, looking at Vitek Vanacek, we thought maybe last year he could do something for us in the playoffs, and we'll see what he really has um, because of Sammy's uh, problems he did, uh, or he had, I should say, all year last year. And that's the big thing is he got hurt in the first game, and then we were scrambling with you know, Craig Anderson, who was back in groceries an hour later. Um, but it's like you're just looking at these guys and saying, you know, who is going to take that charge? Who is going to take that number one spot and hold on to it 
and prove to Coach Love and, and, and the rest of the guys, hey, you can have trust in me. You can actually go out here and play your hardest, and I got your back. And that's the problem is so far both these guys have struggled where, you know, I think three or four weeks ago on this podcast, we started saying Ilya Samsonov is, has taken the number one spot. And then all of a sudden now we're talking about Vitek Vanacek yeah. having a great last three games. I mean, we had this exact Ilya- conversation like a month ago, like you said, like not that long ago. <laughs> Exactly, and that's why you're looking at you know the last uh, you know it's always what have you done for me lately, especially when you don't have a Braden Holpe, you don't have uh, you know um, a Henrik Lundqvist, you don't have a Mark Andre Fleury, you don't have uh, you, you don't have these type of guys, a Ben Bishop, you don't have those type of guys. Uh, well, Ben Bishop, I guess you'd say of of old, um, but then uh, you know Vasilevsky, you know these type of goalies that you have that are the the mainstays in the NHL. You're looking at Vitek Vanacek. What has he done for me lately? Last three games, only two goals allowed, one shutout. Pretty damn good. Under a goal a game, that's awesome. Samsonov, though, last four games, he's let in 14 goals. And he has three losses on his, on his tally. Obviously, he lost one in overtime. But his last 10 starts, for instance, that's a bigger sample size. He has only had two games under two goals allowed. He's had two games where he's had one goal allowed. So he has no shutouts, okay? You don't have to have a shutout every time. But there's been multiple games where he's let in three, four goals. I mean, you, you can't do that. And no. that's the problem is he was, he was having you know games and games and games, like we said, that we were talking about, where he was standing on his head, he was doing well, and we said, all right, you know, he finally has has that stronghold in between the pipes for Coach Lov and this Caps team, and he's going to lead them as what a 24-year-old I believe he is. He's going to start being that guy that everyone said he was the last two years. And now, all of a sudden, last four games, you know, he struggled a ton, and then obviously Vitek has, has pushed forward. So, I don't know, man. I think that, yes, we have troubles, but... Uh, especially tomorrow, playing the Pens in Pittsburgh, that's going to be uh, you know that's going to be troublesome. I believe, uh, you know, in my picks later, um, I believe it hasn't come out yet that they are underdogs, but I believe they probably will be. Uh, but Pitt has lost three games as well. But we'll talk about that one later. But just overall, man, I don't know. I, I mean, they're talking about like I said earlier, possibly getting Braden Holpe somehow coming <laughs> back here or trying to make a move. And the one thing about it, dude, is that this team scares me because it's always. We got to make a move to add a piece. We got to make a move to add a piece. It, it, it's never. It's never. Oh, we're gonna get screwed in like four years because we're not gonna have any pieces left because we don't have any money. So that's that's always the the problem. Is I always uh, I always get a little scared about that. But it's different in hockey though because they only have like two what two or three rounds or whatever in the draft. I never watched a draft. Uh, but I mean, no. Let's the here. only time I ever watched the NHL draft, funny enough, was when I was pretty little. The only time I've been to Canada was this family reunion thing where we went to Canada. And the only thing, and I was looking around for something to watch on TV, and the only thing that was on was the NHL draft that year. And I I was bored out of my mind. I had nothing else to watch, so I sat down and I watched that year's (laughs) NHL draft. Yeah, that was the only time I've ever watched it because, I mean, if you're the average sports fan here, even if you really like hockey like we do, we watch the games and stuff, we're not going to know who's good in the Swedish league. We're not going to know who's good in college hockey. It's just not going to be something that we know a lot about. It's so different here from other sports uh, here in America just because we just don't really pay attention to the smaller leagues. I mean, similar – I mean, even in baseball – 
you know, we don't necessarily know a lot of these guys coming into the draft. You know, maybe the biggest name, like when there's a Bryce Harper or something like that, because you, you've been hearing about him since he was like 14. But besides that, even in baseball, same thing. You're not, I mean, these kids, some of these kids are from high school. It's like you're not following yeah, high yeah. school baseball. So hockey's kind of kind of tough in that way. But, uh, but yeah, I think with the Caps, 37 games left on the schedule. Um, so there, there is still a lot of hockey to be played. Uh, 21 of those games against quote unquote quality teams, uh, 17 of those 37 will be at home. 20 will be away. And right now, if the season ended today, they'd be playing Carolina in the first round of the playoffs. So, um, you know, still if I'm not mistaken. You, you might, you might know this answer yeah. if, if they are, so if they, say they're a wild card team, right? Yeah. If they're the number one wild card, they play the team with the second most points. Um, like 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 the like this because if you look at it right now, Boston has is below us in the wild card. Right, but they would probably be playing Florida. The top seed we, in each division plays one of the wild card. Te- the, so the division leader with the most points plays the wild card team with the fewest points. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. yeah that's 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 what I was that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's not it's not that. I mean. Be honest with you, we can beat any of these teams sure. in the in that thing. So I, I don't really worry about it too much. Uh, and like you said, we got a thirteen point lead uh, on the on the wings. But at the same time, man, <laughs> it's always nicer to have a home ice advantage. Yeah, it is. And and I guess the only thing you don't want to do is fall in too deep of a hole. Um, you know, points wise, it's like you'd love to be one of those top three teams coming out of the Metro. I mean, uh, but they have a climb. They have a climb right now. I mean, the Caps at fifty-seven points, uh, or uh, yeah, fifty-seven points. It's like they 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 have some work to be done. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the bottom line with what Mike and I are saying here is we're not. There's no panic button here. Um, so Tons much of the of season left to go. But you don't like these skits. You really got to right the ship here at some point because you don't like when you know four of six turns into eight of eleven. You know those so, uh, when it comes to losses. You don't like it when those those numbers start getting bigger and you're like, ah, oh, this isn't too good. Uh, because for one team where the numbers have gotten very bad, the Washington, the Washington Wizards. I mean, <laughs> it is. It is shocking how bad this team is now compared to where they were at the start of the year. I mean, at the beginning of this year when they were, what, you know, 12 and 2 or whatever they were, and we were on this show, and many people, they finally started getting national attention. Uh, People were putting them higher and higher in the power rankings and things like that. And they tricked us, Mike. They fooled us. They got us thinking that they were actually a good basketball team, and they're just not. I mean, it's embarrassing. The th- uh, thirty-five to be up thirty-five points in a game and lose is one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to you in sports. I mean, yeah, we've seen it in the the you know the Super Bowl stuff where the you know the miraculous comebacks and things like that. And every now and then you'll see a baseball team like the Nats did to the Mets not too long ago, a couple seasons back, where they were down like ten runs or something and they came back. But thirty-five points in the NBA is is an unbelievable cushion. It's one of those things where you're like, you know, all cruise right. Cruise control. It's cruise control the rest of the game. You can take the studs out, and even if the backups don't play as well, we're still only talking about maybe the 35 turns into a 15-point win or a 12-point win or something like that. But to be up by that much and lose is despicable. 
And it was honestly, I mean, Wizard, it, this was the game that, from my impression of, of Wizard's Twitter, I think turned this franchise, uh, uh, the fan yep. base, against this team. Um, I think it turned them against Wes Unsell Jr. I think it turned them against Bradley Beal. Uh, uh, the blame should sure, assuredly be on Ted Leonsis as well, being the guy running the show. Um, but, Mike, this was this was bad, and this it's going to get worse because the schedule coming up, you're talking about playing the top teams in the league. You're playing Milwaukee. You're playing Philly. You're playing Phoenix. You're playing, uh, you know, just stud after stud after stud. So well, I wanted to get your impression on this. This was the, the weird news about the other day was Daniel Gafford in this Memphis game did not play. And the reasoning why, after the game, when Coach Wes Ansel Jr. was talked about it, he said he wants to go away from this three-center system that they had been running where they had Gafford and they were easing Bryant back in. Of course, they have Montrez Harrell. And he wants to go to two-center system. So Thomas Bryant gets the start against Memphis. Harrell comes off the bench. And Daniel Gafford, arguably your best big man, your best, definitely your best defender down there, and one of the most productive players on your team doesn't play a single minute. Make that make sense to me, Mike. <laughs> well, here's the thing, man, is I, I, I've always been a proponent for Daniel Gafford to get more minutes, and I've always wanted him to get more minutes because when he does get minutes, he produces. He does. And I'm not, I'm not saying he needs to go out there and play 35 minutes like Joel Embiid. You know, but I'm I'm telling him, hey, I want him to go out there, be a rim protector, and play 20 minutes a game. That's not asking too much. It's not for a guy That's, that you're paying. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're paying. Let's see, about a little under two million dollars every year, and they've signed him through 2023. I mean. That's not too much to ask. I, I mean, he goes out there. I mean, look at the Clippers game where they they squandered a 106 point lead. Okay, he played 12 minutes. Why did he play 12 minutes? I don't get. I don't, I don't understand. And he, he went four for seven from the field, four for four in free throws. Yeah, he only had three rebounds, but he had two blocks. Yeah, he has four personal fouls. Now I didn't watch that game. Some per of that se. was the foul trouble. Yeah, I will say. Okay. Some of in the Clippers game, some of that was the foul trouble. The Grizzlies game, though is where I'm like, what's going on? You know, yeah. you're playing against one of the better teams in the NBA. They've got strong big men and like Jaron Jackson Jr. and some of these other guys. You need a defender because you got a guy like John Morant who's able to drive and get to the rim. Why not put your best rim protector out there? But no, they, they go with Thomas Bryan and Montrez Harrell. Mike, it just it's just it's like are you are they watching the same team we are? I don't right. get it. it and, and and Gafford and going back to the Clippers game, Gafford had twelve minutes. Bryant had fifteen minutes. When you compare the two, when Gafford was on the floor, they were plus six in point differential. He had twelve points, three. Yes, again, like I said, three rebounds. Uh, but a lot of other guys had rebounds as well. I mean, Beal had nine for goodness' sake. Uh, but you're looking at it, two blocks. He only had two turnovers, which is not that bad. He had twelve points, four for four from the free throw line. Yes, Thomas Bryant went four for four as well. But he only he took three less shots. That means he's not being as aggressive. That means he's not being you know this young you know buck that you want to call him and you know going down in the paint and doing something. I mean, yeah, he might have had Montrez out there at the same time or whatever it may be, but you got to go out there and prove yourself. And I just don't think that Daniel Gafford has ever gotten a fair shake. Now, 
I'm not going to blame it on Wes Unsell Jr. because Scott Brooks hated Daniel Gafford, I think, because he played him like six minutes sometimes, right. which made zero sense. Um, but you're just looking at this team and saying, what is the direction? Now, I understand that you know we need to make a few different moves, and Tommy Shepard needs to adjust this roster just a little bit because we did stack a couple bigs, obviously. Thomas Bryant, Daniel Gafford we got last year when Thomas Bryant was out. Um, but then we also got Montrez Harrell. But, you know, like you mentioned uh, for the past couple of weeks, we got too many guys uh, that play the four and the five. Yes, we need to adjust this roster. But looking at a guy, like you said, doesn't break the bank, that produces when he plays. Yeah, and let me correct real quick what I said earlier. I, what, what, and I knew I, what I, was, I was looking at the wrong numbers. Keep in mind, they just they gave Daniel Gafford a three-year contract extension last year worth $40 million. So you're paying a guy, you're extending his contract for three years, you're paying him $40 million, and he's not playing against one of the better teams in the NBA? It's like, it just, yeah. it's stupid. It's it, and, and you and I have talked about this on the show as far as like, all right, we, yes, you know, we brought it up a couple weeks ago, the, the three big men, they got to trade one of them. Daniel Gafford isn't necessarily the guy I thought would be the guy that's no. not going to get to play. You know, if, if anything, it was going to be a Thomas Bryant trying to find some value for him if you can get any value for him because the guy hasn't played in like a year, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just the Wizards are going are, are going south, Mike. They are. And Bradley Beal, uh, I had a friend that made a, a great point to me the other day was the Wizards had to choose between John Wall and Bradley Beal, basically. They had to figure out who the guy was that they were going to ride with and which guy they were going to kind of move on from. And they chose Bradley Beal yep. to be the guy. And Bradley Beal right now is having one of his worst seasons ever. Um, his numbers are similar to his third year in the league, or third or fourth year in the league. Uh, his value is in in the, in the crapper. Um, I think his production value, I read, he's like 56th in the league or something like that. I mean, this is your guy. The Wizards are in a tough spot because you either throw a monster contract at Bradley Beal to get him to stay and might even continue being as bad as he's been, or you try to trade him and get some value back. His value is at an all-time low right now because he's playing so bad. So the Wizards put themselves in the situation, Mike, and it's not a pretty situation, that's for sure. I mean, and that's the thing. Bradley Beal is not playing how he has over the last couple of years. And last year, right. he almost won a scoring title. Yeah. So going back to the Grizzlies game as well, you know, when we're talking about, you know, guys trying to maybe get shipped off. And we talked about Thomas Bryant. Look at the stat line he had. Two for eight. Oh, for three from oh, for one from three. Why is he taking a three? I have no idea. <laughs> four points in 20 minutes. Uh, four yeah. points. And that's the he guy was you minus... want to start. You know, the, the whole entire starting starting five was, I mean, Bradley Beal was minus 13, but that's because he played 35 minutes. So he had more opportunities, but you're just looking at this team. And like you said, with Bradley Beal, he's checked out. He has, and that's just it. I mean, he, he was, and you mentioned it many times to us that he was in a situation where he said, it's now or never for you guys. Either you guys show me that this team can propel ourselves forward I mean, I came into the league when I was 19 years old, and we haven't done anything except possibly almost beat the Celtics. Right. So it's like you're looking at it and saying, he's he's just done. I mean, in a game where he would usually step up against another star player in John Morant, he went two for 11 
yeah, two so for eleven. Bad. So it's bad. like, yeah, he sweet. He had twelve assists when he has. He's having a bad shooting night, but he went two for eleven. Now you have bad shooting nights. That's that, that's fine and dandy. But you're the star player of this yeah. team, so I I just think that he goes in there and you know maybe he's not staying as late in the gym or maybe he's you know just just not having that camaraderie anymore. I mean I think that in the beginning of the season when you you mentioned it uh, perfectly that. He just doesn't seem all there. He doesn't seem like he's ready. He's he's kind of just going through the motions, getting his getting his few stats here and there, and just waiting to get traded or waiting to get sure. dealt somewhere. And that's just the thing is, I just don't believe that he's he's all there. And I think honestly, when it comes down to a situation like this, Bradley Beal has turned himself into an all star talent. He is an all star now. Is he a superstar? I don't believe so, but. He's turned himself into an all-star, and it's not like we picked him first overall. So I think it was right that they chose Bradley Beal over John Wall because, I mean, look at John Wall. He's not even he's still not playing, uh, not because of injury, but because of kind of controversy, I guess you could say, with the Rockets. But you're looking at it and saying, this guy has created himself into the player that he is. See how much Tommy Shepard can get back for an all-star and just start from the ground up because all of the guys that we have on the roster right now, they're young, and we're just rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding to the point where this is the time to lean on uh, you know, your benchmarks like Kyle Kuzma, who is now starting to prove himself as, hey, I can be the guy, maybe not the superstar, but I can be that secondary, third, you know, complimentary guy. Um, and see if you can go out there and possibly draft somebody that, that can be the next star or trade some draft assets to get up in the draft and go get you one of those guys. So who knows what happens. But at the same time, I just think that it, it, it's time to you know pull the emergency brake and kind of take a little swerve here and really dive deep into trading Bradley Beal. Yeah, because there's this – I mean, this team just has no – you know – the complete inability to put it all together uh, and to be 11th in the East right now is just insane with the type of guys that you look at the roster on paper and you go, you got Bradley Beal, you got Kyle Kuzma, you got KCP, you know, you've got these names who are like, this is the 11th place team in the Eastern conference. It doesn't make sense, especially with the way they started the season. Um, it's just frustrating. I feel bad for the wizards fans out there because they're watching a, a, a crap product year after year after year um, where they have not been able to make the hump. I mean, you said it. The last time this team was relevant was they were playing in the Eastern Conference Finals against Boston, making a run at this thing. And since then, it's just been a downhill spiral. You know, it's just been awful. Uh, and there's just no excuses except for the guys up at the top. I mean, you, you Tommy Shepard, we've, we've celebrated some of his moves for sure, and he deserves that celebration. But let's remember, he was part of the Ernie Grenfeld regime. It's not like this was a new guy. This isn't a guy that came from outside. He was also part of the machine that was producing crap team after crap team. So, And then you got Ted Leonsis at the top, who, yeah, maybe he knows his hockey. He certainly doesn't know his basketball because he's not put it together a good product there either. So the Wizards are embarrassing. Uh, they're embarrassing for the city. They're embarrassing for the fan base. Um, so get them all out. I mean, I don't care who you trade at this I point. Mean, I mean, you honestly, know? looking at what you just said, I would, I mean, I think that Tommy Shepard has proved himself to be miles above what Ernie Grunfeld was. They're 11th um, just, place in the East, though. Uh, no, I get, I get that. But when you're looking at what he's done, say, over the last two years, the main goal of the last two years 
was to get out from those contracts. Sure. He somehow figured out how to get out from those contracts, traded Russ, got some good pieces when it comes to Kuzma um, and uh, Montrez Harrell. Now, KCP has done knows. nothing for us. It's well, no, done I, nothing. I, 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 I get it. But th- th- think, of, think about it this way, though, dude. If you think about it this way and you go back to, say, last year, sure. Bradley Beal was scoring 28, 29 a game right. on the regular what it what what would happen if he had these guys then and not Russ Westbrook? That would have been nice. It would have been nice. They were eighth place. They were eighth place. They got an eighth place finish. You 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 mentioned that okay. You know it, it doesn't seem that they're getting this this whole entire you know engine churning here. And that's what I'm saying is I think you know for the for the most part is last year when they had this team with Russ. Yeah, okay. Brad was going out there and just you know kicking some ass and and going left and right. But then all of a sudden, you're going out there this year, and your "quote unquote" star player that you have on your team is just not looking like he's the man, and not looking like he's the guy in this city for this basketball team to go out there and lead you every night because of his performances. I just think that it's hard to have these guys that they picked up come in here and pick up the slack that Bradley Beal was producing last year. And I think if they were on the team last year, now you can't go back in time. That's just stupid. But I think what Ted Tommy Shepard has has moved into is that he thought that Bradley Beal was going to come out here and produce those numbers. Now, take a quick step back and say, okay, maybe he's producing just a little, a little less numbers, not as great stats, this and that, whatever. I still think they would be top six in the East right now. But the problem is, I think that you keep mentioning uh, that that he's just not all there. And now I really had started to believe it when they lost that forty-five, you know, million point lead to the Clippers. So I just think sure. that he's he's just not producing to the point where I think it's more on Bradley Beal than on the side pieces. Well, if he's not there, you got to get him out. You got to get him out. If he's not, I right. mean, Tommy Shepard right. comes in to this team. They finish ninth. They finish eighth. They finish eleventh. Okay, you know what they were doing before he got here? 11th, 8th. <laughs> I mean, they were doing this already. The, the best finish they had was 2016 where they were 4th in the Eastern Conference. They haven't finished above 4 in uh, – I was scrolling through their history, Mike. We're going pretty far back. Uh, <laughs> 1977 when they won Ooh. the NBA championship. 77. Uh, so, well, I guess they finished first in 78 and they lost in the finals. So this team and this franchise is – is terrible and uh, and it is poorly run from every yes and, and I said Tommy Shepard deserves credit for the moves that he has made and I do agree with you that I don't think Tommy Shepard going into this year thought Bradley Beal was going to have one of his worst years ever but if you're Tommy Shepard and Bradley Beal is having his worst year ever you go all right this guy is literally costing us games we're not able to win and do what we need to do with him I as 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 annoyed as the fan base may be to see a guy that they love go you got to get him out because right now you're 11th in the East. You're not going to make the playoffs at this rate, and that's inexcusable for for a team that um, has some of the names on it that they have. So I think it's just frustrating. It's fr- we're all just frustrated it, with this team. It, you know? it, it, it is, and and my last point to go along with that is I'm looking at this team right now. I'm looking at their stats right now. Kyle Kuzma, obviously, in the beginning of the year, probably what averaging eight to 12 points a game or so, something in the middle there. Sure. And now he's raised his average up to 16, so he's starting to pick it up. But you're looking at the rest of this roster. Right. It's, yeah. it's just a bunch of average to to really good role players because you're looking at, I mean, all the way down from Corey Kispert all the way up to Daniel Gafford. <laughs> Corey it's, Kispert. It's, 
it's 5.8 points per game yeah. to 9 points per no, game. No, it's so, role players. You're right. You're it's, completely exa- right. It's just a bunch of role players, and that's the problem. Bradley Beal's a role player. He's not a star at this point. Yeah. He's not. You can't put him. I mean, again, the total production. I said the stat earlier. It's some production production stat. The guy's like fifty sixth. That's not a star. <laughs> That's not a star yeah, player yeah. on a team. I agree. This is a team filled with role players. You're not gonna make the playoffs with a team full of role players. This isn't the '04 Pistons or whatever anymore. Like that's just not how teams are built. You you can't build teams with that. Uh, you know, you have to have superstars in this NBA. You have to. I mean, look at the teams that are towards the top of the league. You got the Suns with Devin Booker, and uh, you got the Warriors with Steph Curry. I mean, there's a reason why those teams are at the top because they have superstars, yeah. and we don't. Yeah. You, you you just need you need at least two guys, and I think Bradley yeah. Beal kind of. I think Bradley Beal feels like it's just another year where. He is leaned on to go out there, I mean, and I think because last year, I mean, he did have Russ, and I don't know if Russ is a superstar anymore. You could you could say he is, yeah. you could say he's not. It's he's, tough. I think he's a, I think yeah, he's, he's still like the he's like a tweener, you know, somewhere yeah. in between. I, I think that I mean, you saw him go out there and have have Russ and have his best year of yeah, his career. For so sure. you're looking at it and saying, I think that he's checked out because he's he's going out there and thinking. Well, I'm hoping Kyle Kuzma scores 25 with me tonight. You know, he, 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 it's just a roll of the dice for him because he doesn't know who's going to be out there on a night-to-night basis to help him out. Yeah, he has and no I, help. I, I don't blame him for for being checked out a little bit, but at the same time, I, I if we don't get anything for him, then I will blame Tommy Shepard and I will put the big onus on him. Sure, and, and I think that will be something to keep an eye on because right now. Too much pressure is on Bradley Beal, and he's not a number one guy. So it's just not working. Bradley Beal is a great number two guy for a team. We saw it in the past when John Wall was the one number one guy at one point. Agreed. And then Agreed. you had you had his running mate there in Bradley Beal, and they were one of the most exciting backcourts in the NBA, especially in the Eastern Conference. And they don't have that right now. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, <laughs> who is not – I mean, he's a guy coming off of a big injury, and there's reports in the locker room that – Nobody really likes him that much, apparently, and uh, which is sad, you know. But apparently, nobody really likes Spencer Dinwiddie. There's no leader on this team um, at all. I mean, yeah, you could say Montrezl Harrell is the heartbeat of the team. That doesn't make him a leader. Um, nobody else. Right. When I looked up and down this roster, n- there's no leaders on this team whatsoever. Bradley Beal's not that. So I don't know. It's it's just it's just tough. <laughs> it's uh, uh, let's move on. Uh, let's <laughs> take a quick look around the NFL. We talked about it earlier. Uh, some great games this weekend. Uh, the Bengals beating the Chiefs 27-24 in overtime. Evan McPherson kicks a six, uh, kicks a 31-yarder in overtime. My man. Um, the overtime rules came into play again, but this time, you know, hey, it works out in the Bengals' favor as the Chiefs had the ball in OT in, what, the third play of overtime? He threw, uh, Mahomes throws a pick, and the way it works in OT is that lets you run down the field and kick a field goal and the, if you'd the, like. the second play, he almost threw another pick. And the second play before that. So, I mean, people <laughs> rejoiced because I think uh, people are sick of the Chiefs. I mean, again, I, I think, uh, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, of course, uh, but we're, we're used to the Chiefs. We're sick of the Chiefs. People hate Patrick Mahomes' uh, wife, girlfriend, whatever. They hate Jackson Mahomes, his brother. They're tired of these people, <laughs> uh, and they're tired of, uh, of the Chiefs. And good on Joe Burrow and the Bengals because they were down 18 in this game, and they were able to come back and win. Um, so shout out to Joe Burrow and the rest of this team because, uh, I mean, uh, we talked about it earlier. I, credit to them. This was a team that was picking number one in the draft a couple of years ago, and now they're in the Super Bowl. It's awesome. It's awesome. They've, they won six games, literally six games the last two years, wow. and they go out this year, and now they're making a chance to go That's to the nuts. Super Bowl. Now, 
I heard a bunch of people talking about like, well, see, it's not that hard to go to the Super Bowl. You know, you all you do is make a pick or two. You know, it's like, yes, I understand that, and, a and, more. I, and, I, and it's a little bit, yeah, a little bit more than that. It's like their defense is pretty decent, but they've been hitting on draft picks left and right. right. They got T, they got T Higgins from Clemson in the second round. They got Jamar Chase, and they rejoiced him and uh, and, and re, reunited him with Joe Burrow from LSU. Their damn time in LSU, so they already had the chemistry. I mean. You just knew that this team was was special, and we said it literally. I think it might have been the maybe the third week of the NFL season when we were making our picks, and we both were like, "Man, it's going to be a great game, great game with the with the Bengals, right?" Uh, you know, and they're they're going to be fun to watch this year and stuff like that. And I just think that when you're looking at the Bengals, it, it's kind of funny because they make some great adjustments at halftime. And in the second half, they've been great. I mean, when the when the first time they played the Chiefs, they literally were down the exact same amount, eleven at halftime. And then all of a sudden they go out there and they win by three. And that's the funny thing when you're looking at the Chiefs is, for some reason, I think they were just maybe too cocky. Because oh, sure. why is why is Andy Reid saying, all right, Patty, all right, you, you, you go out there with five seconds left and throw it to Tyreek Hill backwards and let Tyreek try to do something. Now, I think Tyreek could actually score there and he, if he just ran to the outside instead of making some dumb move, try to cut back. Right. Um, but it's like at the same time, why, why don't you just take the points? You go up 14, you have a 14-point lead. Instead of 21 to, to 10, it's 24 to 10. You have a 14-point lead, and right there, that would have been the ball game. But it's like, nope, we're going to go out there and just be the Chiefs, and you know, that's not our, for sure. not our standard and stuff like that. Get out of here, man. That's, that's, just, that's just trash. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because McPherson is literally taking my fantasy uh, playoff team because uh, I obviously every fa- uh, the last five years I've done a uh, playoff fantasy team where you draft the playoff uh, players. Right, right. McPherson was my last pick, and he is carrying <laughs> my team to the prom. He's he's got me fourteen points. Oh, fourteen no, fantasy points three weeks in a row. He's legit, and he is uh, as he sends the team into the Super Bowl. Unbelievable. And then on the other side, the Rams taking down the Niners, twenty seventeen. Um, a lot of talk about Jimmy G and how the Niners were kind of playing well in spite of Jimmy G that he wasn't really especially with the quarterbacks left in the playoffs he really wasn't doing that great of a job and here you go where the Rams are able to beat him Rams score 13 points in the fourth quarter uh, and Matthew Stafford uh, is able to punch his ticket to the Super Bowl just a year removed from being a Detroit Lion uh, it's it's pretty unbelievable story. I mean, heck, he turned Cooper Cup into one of the bet, best wide receivers in the league. He was able to uh, turn OBJ, get the clock back for OBJ, and have him actually yep, be yep. a tre- tremendous receiver. Uh, the Rams didn't luck into this. They have some, some studs on this team. And shout-out to Matthew Stafford, who was able to really make this thing work. And uh, obviously there's so many other guys that are a big part of it, of course, but – Shout out to the Rams, man. The battle for California. They got the dub 20-17. to 17. No doubt about it. And this is the second time in a row now uh, that the Rams are going to be playing in their home stadium as the Bucks did last year. Right, so right. I forgot last year because it was a big deal when they said the, the Bucks were hosting and they were playing in the stadium. So I need to go back and see if I can find that stat. But that's going to be pretty cool yeah. um, to see the Rams go out there because, honestly – 
I chose the Rams two weeks ago when they were playing the Bucks. I thought they were going to take it all the way. And last week was a little, uh, or excuse me, yesterday was a little, a little antsy because I picked the Rams in the money line as well. Um, but I mean, overall, the Rams just have a great defense. Aaron Donald is just an unbelievable playmaker. Even though they didn't have a sack yesterday, which they they should have had like four or five sacks, but Jimmy G just kept like chucking the ball around that ended up right, being his right. demise. Um, but what a great game. That was a great game. Came down to the wire. And honestly, uh, if the Rams can just try to catch the ball for Matt, Matt, Matty Stafford, uh, I'm telling you right now, they dropped so many balls yesterday. Yeah. It just kind of, it was it was killing me. <laughs> yeah, this this is uh, this is going to be a fun one. This Super Bowl, it's you love the quarterback matchup. You love a lot of the other position matchups. This is going to be a good one for sure. Uh, as far as the forecast for the week ahead, the Caps will play Tuesday in Pittsburgh and a Wednesday to finish off the back and back. They'll play at home versus Edmonton. Um, the Wizards Tuesday at Milwaukee. Then they go back-to-back and play at Philly the following day. And then Saturday, they play Phoenix. I don't expect them to win any of those three games. I expect them to lose (laughs) three straight games. Uh, Let's head into the final lap, a chance to uh, discuss some of the bigger stories in sports. 90 seconds on the clock. Here we go. As I just mentioned, Jimmy G, uh, likely done in San Francisco. Mike, could he be heading to Washington? Do you I want don't it? believe so. <laughs> I no, uh, you know, no, 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 no. I, I I want Kenny Pickett. I want Kenny Pickett. I'm all. I'm pushing my chips in for Kenny Pickett. I will go streaking in the quad if we get him. There we go. Okay, I, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, a couple new hires in the NFL. The Raiders. I don't know if this is official yet. They're they were said expected to hire Josh McDan Josh McDaniels. Uh, and we know when as soon as these guys get away from Belichick, they usually start being terrible coaches. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, the Broncos hire Nathaniel Hackett. The Bears hire Matt Eberflus. And uh, the Giants get a guy as well. So uh, four new hires in the NFL, Mike. Any of those? I mean, these are all guys that are like offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators or that sort of stuff. Uh, any of these interest you? I mean, maybe Josh McDaniels is one of the more interesting ones. I mean, Josh McDaniels, he might do a swerve. You never know. But being in Vegas, brand new stadium, I think he's going to stay there. But Brian Dabble, I, I just saw a video right before we got on air here. And the guy seems like a character, which is kind of funny. Right. Um, but at the same time, the Giants, you know, they'll hate him in week three. if oh, they yeah. keep Daniel Dimes. They'll still Dimes. be bad. <laughs> they'll still be terrible. Uh, the U.S. loses 2-0 to Canada in the World Cup qualifier. Man, this soccer team can't put it together. Well, that's the funny thing is that they've been saying that this U.S. team is one of the best in recent history because they got a, a, so many young guys, Christian right. Pulisic and so on and so yep, forth. Yep. Now, I don't know if Pulisic is actually playing for this team right now, um, so that could be a big deal. Um, but right now, last I heard, they were in second place in the World Cup qualifier, so we'll see. Yeah, and then last but not least, the MLB lockout enters its third month. Uh, I saw a tweet like an hour and a half ago saying both sides are still not close to a deal. Um, so this could drag out even more. It could affect. Here's here's what I want, Mike. I am fine with this dragging out a bit and making spring training shorter because as a baseball fan, there's nothing worse than two months of spring training. Basically, um, right. it's just too 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 long. What I don't want affected is opening day. Um, that's a sacred thing in sports, and, and MLB opening day has already been affected the past few years due to COVID. So uh, we need a regular opening day. Uh, which is supposed to be like 60 days away from now. Don't screw that up. Shorten spring training if you need to, but don't screw up my opening day, Mike. All right, and, and that's the thing as well is that this Nats team is not going to be making a run for the postseason this no. year, we don't think. <laughs> so 
honestly, I, I, spring training, yeah, I think that's more so for these established teams that have the veterans and like that. They need to get their swings in and different things like that. Uh, but I think this this is going to be similar to uh, uh, some of these other other seasons that we've seen uh, where you know they're they're just trying out guys. So you know last season I said the same thing at the end of the season that they should just try out guys and see what they can do and get them experience this and that because right. uh, they weren't going anywhere. And I think this year is going to be one of those years. They need to go out there and see if they can start building for the future. And I think this year, uh, you know, the MLB lockout, it's not really going to affect me too much. I'm not going to lose sleep over it, uh, but I'm not too worried about the spring training either. Yeah, I'd rather they just shorten it because then when you add that up, you get six months of a regular season plus another couple months of spring training. We're talking like an eight-month season for these guys. Eight mo- I would months. just love 100 games, man. I would love 100 sure, games. Sure. Like, that, would, that would just be a nice sweet spot. Like well, 162. That's a whole other conversation. You know? that's, yeah, that's, it's true. That's a True. whole other debate. Don't get Mike in the, involved in the negotiations for the lockout. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, let's hit up some trivia here uh, as we wrap up the show. This is our uh, section where we each give each other a trivia question. I give Mike a Detroit sports trivia question. He gives me a DC sports trivia question. This time I will let you go first, Mike. Huh. Well, speaking of the Major League Baseball, uh this one is a Nats question. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping – I don't think I asked this one last time because uh, there's two on I here that you I wanted to. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if I did, you wouldn't say anything. Yeah. Um, all right, here we go. Okay. Who became the first Nationals player since their return in 2005 to play in all hun- – oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I was about to say something else. Who became the first Nationals player since their return in 2005 – to play in all 162 games. I'm not going to tell you the year that they did it, though. Because that would give it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have to give me the year. Um, played in all 162 games. Yeah. So there's Cal Ripken style. There's a couple guys. Yeah, Cal Ripken style. They'd have to do that like for like 15 years. <laughs> for, yeah, 14 um, seasons. <laughs> so the, I'll tell you the names that are coming to my mind. One is Ian Desmond, just as guys that I – oh, you know who else is – well, Trey Turner is also coming to my mind. I feel like there was a year where Trey Turner played every single game because um, I know there were some seasons he definitely got hurt, but I feel like there was a year where it was like, oh, yeah, Trey Turner just played in every single game. But was he the first to do that? That's the question. Right. Because uh, that's the interesting wrinkle with your question is, yeah, there maybe Trey Turner did, but maybe somebody else did it before him. Um I feel like I don't think uh, Zimmerman is on this. I don't. But then again, could it be Zimmerman? I'm just going to go with my initial gut. And I went, I said Ian Desmond in my mind. I'm going to stick with Ian Desmond. Incorrect. Uh, I should have asked a question. Well, you can go ask a question. Okay, I'll go ask ahead. a question. Uh, we'll, we'll retract the Ian Desmond guess. Is this player on the left side of the infield? Like shortstop or third base? <laughs> Well, I, I understand that question. Okay. It's, it's I didn't know hard if you knew answer. what was on the left side. <laughs> yeah, right. It's kind of hard to answer that because that would give it away. That will give it away. Yes. Oh, let me guess. You're going to say he did play for some period of time on the left side of the infield, and now and then he played on the right side of the infield. So that's probably Ryan Zimmerman, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't sit there and say, yeah, he did once. Well, he did. <laughs> he did. 
It was back uh, in 2007. 2007. Nice. Okay. Okay. I mean, it makes sense that the Z Man would be that, but uh, that's Mike's favorite player. Um, <laughs> right. All right. This is an interesting one here. Uh, I hope you get this. Former Lions running back Joyke Bell won the 2009 Harlan Hill Trophy after rushing for 2,000 yards and 29 touchdowns at what Division II school? Ooh, Joyke Bell. Joyke Bell, Division II school. Um, my, well, I'll give you one hint and you still have a question. My hint will be it's a school in the Midwest and it's a Division II. And you also have the ability to ask any question that you'd like. Is there... Is there team... Now, I'm not sure if you can answer this, but is there team or is there school typically in the top six of... You're looking it up right now, aren't you? <laughs> the they top six... a lot of Division two college football. Are, are they usually a, 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 a solid team? Uh, I, have a, I have a guess, but I'm trying to say, are they usually a solid team in the college football playoff for Division two? Uh, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> I, don't I have an idea. I don't even see them in the Oh, that's not a good sign. Right here. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I have an idea. I have an idea. But you said Midwest team. Yeah, they're Midwest. Because um, I don't think... It's North Dakota State. No, it's not North Dakota State. I'll tell you here. I'll, I'll give you some other small hints. Um, this team this past year went two and nine. Um, oh. And they played such teams as Northern Michigan, Grand Valley State, Ferris State, stuff like that. So they damn. They don't appear to be. Now, I don't really know my division did, two either, but they don't appear to be very good. Yeah, I don't think you'll know this, but did Dallas Goddard go to this school? Dallas <laughs> Goddard. I, mean, I certainly wouldn't know that. Um, <laughs> no, he didn't go to – it's not Damn. South Dakota State. Damn, that's what I, I no, thought they were the Jackrabbits. This, this school, the final hint here, the school is in the state of Michigan. In the state of Michigan. It's in the state of think, Michigan. I don't think Eastern Michigan is uh, Division nope, two school. It's not Eastern Michigan. Western Michigan ain't in a Division two school. Mm, nope. Uh, they are in the state of Michigan. They are in the major city in Michigan as well. It's not My Detroit cousin University. went to this. No, it's not Detroit Mercy. My cousin went to this school, actually. In case you were curious. <laughs> oh, oh, that helps me. Let me get him on the phone line here. If I had a phone in front, I'd call him. Uh... God, I can't think of one that's in this in the in the state or is in the in the I mean, city. Why? I don't really know why you would know this. Wait, is it is it that it's okay? It's not. Dude, let me, you know what I'll do is I'll try to look up famous uh, athletes. <laughs> yeah, go for it. I'm trying to think. I because I, I, once you say it, I'll know it. Well, of course, the first one that pops up is Joyke Bell, who I already said <laughs> that was part of the whole clue. Uh, What's well, yeah, it doesn't really one thing look I, like that many famous guys are from. Because I can think of Detroit Mercy, obviously, but you said no. Right, right, yeah, it's not that. Um, God, I'm trying to think. Does it have Detroit in the name? No. Oh shit, Isa! I almost caught myself there. No, um, but they are in Detroit. Yeah. Jeez, it's probably like one of those like Carnegie Mellon type schools that are in <laughs> Pittsburgh. They don't have Pittsburgh in it. 
I don't know. It is I'm Wayne out. State. <laughs> Wildcats. <laughs> wow. I almost got that one. That's where my cousin went. Wayne State. It's in downtown Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> Damn, I got to visit the campus of Wayne yeah, State. I mean, I don't know why you would know that. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the money line, sponsored by DraftKings. One and one week for Mike. I believe a one and one week for myself. So really, no change there. I'm 19 and 21. Mike is 21 and 19. So he still holds a two pick lead over myself. Uh, my lock this week. I just missed out on going two and zero because the Rams did not win by more than three and a half. So I might be screwing myself again because I'm taking the Rams uh, four-point uh, favorites over the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So if they end up winning by a field goal, I'll be pretty pissed, but uh, whatever. <laughs> I'll take Rams over the Bengals. I think I, I, I like both teams' chances in this game, and I think this line will definitely change. we got two weeks to the game, so things are going to change. But, um, you know, I think people are saying – are looking at the Rams as, as – the team with maybe a little bit more experience, even though Matthew Stafford's obviously only playing in his first Super Bowl, but I think they've got, I mean, the Rams were in the Super Bowl not that long ago, this coaching staff not that long ago. Um, and so I think they're looking at some of that. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Rams there and my dog, just a random NBA pick here. The Pistons just beat the Cavs last night. Shout out Cade Cum- Cunningham. The Cavs are now playing on a back-to-back and they've got the Pelicans and the Pelicans are eight-point dogs. So I'm going to go with the Pelicans tonight to cover. Eight points All against right. the Cavs. Back-to-back games for Cleveland. Well, that's not a bad pick. I mean, the Rams uh, pick, isn't. I don't think it's too bad. I think that line's going to move, to be honest yeah, with you. for sure. Um, but we'll have to see about that one. So my lock, I say under 50 for the Super Bowl. Uh, I thought it was going to go over in the Chiefs game. Uh, but obviously, that was like two points away from going over or something of that nature. Um, but I bet I would have bet my whole entire mortgage on uh, on the under for the Rams Niners game because that just I mean that literally looked like it was going to be an under from the start. Um, just seeing you know, how those two, two those two teams played, but I'm going to go with the under 50 right now as it stands for the Rams and Bengals. I think both offenses are very good, um, but I don't think the Bengals have really seen a defense like the Rams have. You have Aaron Donald in between the tackles, uh, and then obviously you have Jalen Ramsey on the outside as well. So I just think that defense is probably going to hold the Bengals maybe to you know 24 or something like that. Yeah, I think it will be um, low scoring. I'm with you on that. I, I would see something similar to what uh, the Rams-Niners game was, but maybe just a little bit more points. We'll see. Because obviously the Bengals are a really good second-half adjustment team as well. So under 50 for that one. And my dogs, uh, I'm going to go with the Caps-Pens uh, game tomorrow on Tuesday because um, I believe the Caps will be underdogs. But at the same time, Pittsburgh has lost three straight. So I'm not exactly sure um, who will be uh, favorited in this one. I haven't seen uh, any favorites or any any, any line yet. Um, from where I was looking, um, but I will take either team. How about this? I will take either team plus one and a half. Okay. Um, because I think that honestly, uh, if the Caps are plus one and a half, they can cover that. Uh, and if Pittsburgh's plus one and a half, I'll take either one of those. All right, we'll go with that. That is our DraftKings money line picks. Of course, bet responsibly. Uh, and again, we're a couple weeks away from episode number one hundred. So that's gonna be fun. We got fun. getting hungry. I'm stuff planned for that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> We're going to be doing some uh, hot, hot chicken sandwich eating and maybe some other stuff going on. 
Um, so look forward to that in a few weeks. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, please download the Contender app. That's Contender with a K. It's free. You can listen to our show and other content from around D.C. and Chicago. Uh, so it's a great place to to catch our content and uh, live stuff and things like that. Follow us on Twitter at the DC Crossover and at Cerrone16. Uh, do that uh, b- bottle opener giveaway if you'd like that I mentioned at the top of the show. And besides that, people, I mean, it's going to be an interesting week because, yeah, no football this upcoming weekend because uh, obviously a couple weeks till Super Bowl. So Mike and I are just going to mm-hmm. watch a lot of basketball and hockey, a lot of bad basketball with the Wizards and a lot of hopefully good hockey with the Caps as they turn things around. We'll see what happens there. Um, but besides that, people, download the show, subscribe it, rate, review, all that good stuff. We'll see you next week. This has been another episode of the DC Crossover.